1: from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Heads. Heads it is. Yes.
0: We have to assign heads to something. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ducks is heads because ducks have heads. <laughs> what kind of scary ass clowns came to your birthday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Perry died over the weekend, so we're playing Chandler clips. That's the long and short of that. Ah, the memories. So, um, a poll that a lot of politicos had been waiting for is out from Iowa. That is considered a uh, like something you can trust. And uh, well-respected. Donald Trump has a lead. This is out in just like the last hour of 43-16 to 16 over his closest rival. 43-16, DeSantis in second, but tied with Nikki Haley at 16 each. And Nikki Haley's going up. Ron DeSantis is going down. But still, they're, they're, they're both really far behind. And the voting does start here now in two months in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you combine both of their 16s and compare it with
3: Trump's 43, uh, never mind. That's right. You're still a dozen behind. Damn near. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Trump. Trump Biden. (sighs) Shut up. Stop threatening me. Ah, it's scarier than any specter or spook on Halloween. An 80-year-old versus a 77-year-old. Both of them with overwhelming negatives. Negative numbers.
2: Right. Both of them, most people feel, could only lose to the other person.
3: Politically in a country full of brilliant, creative, dynamic, successful people.
2: We saw one of them on 60 Minutes last night, Kamala Harris. Oh, 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 boy. We'll have to play some of that a little bit later. Oh, you got
3: me. I'm doubled
2: over, man. I went into it thinking, you know, I've been too cynical and sarcastic about her. I should really listen to her. First question. First answer is like, you have nothing to say. You are a dope you have nothing to say how have you been in this job for this long you know the 60 minutes interview is coming and you got nothing to say it's just amazing it's because her head is empty she's got an empty head that's what's holding her back her empty head.
3: play that's good analysis play clip 60 for us just to get a sense of it
4: how close is this to becoming a regional conflict that could draw in u.s troops
1: We have absolutely no intention, nor do we have any plans to send combat troops into Israel or Gaza. Nobody asked me
3: anything about that. (laughs) We have no intention, nor any plans. And as you've pointed out before... She has
2: this tone of voice like, I'm laying a truth bomb on you. Now. Right, yeah. She always presents it as like, this is some heavy s, And then she went into, and this is a Kamala Harris specialty, after saying that, she lays out the basics that everybody already knows, like she's telling you something. On October 7th, Hamas, a terrorist organization, invaded Israel. And yeah, we all know that. All right. you just She does that every turn because it, she's got nothing to say. Her head's empty.
4: Bingo.
3: I would agree completely. Well, what could be scarier than having an empty head? Uh, the various spooks and spirits of Halloween, he says, in a desperate attempt to make a transition. Halloween's tomorrow. That is correct. Thank you. Thank you. Kamala Harris-esque there. Well, I suppose people might wake up in the morning, not know what uh, the
2: date is. Saw a lot of slutty Halloween outfits on Saturday night. I live in a college town, and man, it was just like a a strip club the whole town. People walking around. Sexy nurse,
3: sexy stewardess, sexy doctor, sexy cowgirl, sexy 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 cat, cat superhero, goldfish, whatever. (laughs) But very sexy. So uh, the other side of Halloween, of course, is the whole uh, being scared thing. Why do we enjoy being frightened on Halloween? And, I, I, you know, i I'd known part of this, but I found this very interesting. Um, they point out that there's a logic to fear. It's an adaptive response we share with like every other creature on Earth. It prepares us for danger, uh, adrenaline released, heart rate increases, blood flows into the muscles, digestive system shuts down, consciousness narrows, focusing on the threat. Um, And that's the sort of thing we want to avoid, fear, etc. But uh, strangely, we seek it out. And this guy is writing about a a study of various people um, going to a, a super scary haunted house in Denmark. And the, they gave the people heart monitors to wear, video recorded them at three particular scary points, then interviewed them, um, including uh, one scary point where a, quote, large man with a bloody butcher's apron and a pig mask emerged from hiding to chase participants with a roaring chainsaw. Hey, there you go. A threat few of his face in real life. <laughs> and uh, they reported their most enjoyment when the fear was at a good level, but not so frightening is to be chaotic and overwhelming like when Pig mask guy made this scene they did not enjoy that nearly as much is as, as like kind of your mid-level fear and uh, and one of the theories is that the uh, arousal of fear not arousal arousal but the heart rate etc um, actually feels pretty good the adrenaline and everything you feel very alive it's like doing a bunch of jumping jacks or push-ups or something like that you you feel alive. But they point out not every fear is pleasurable. I experience fear when I lose my child in the grocery store, but there's nothing in that experience I want to savor and relive.
2: I was actually thinking in my head when you almost have a wreck, like a motorcycle wreck or a car wreck, you get that jolt of energy, but it's not pleasurable. I don't think, hey, wow, I feel really awake now that I almost died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Just had that experience uh, last
3: night on the road. Guy drifted across the center line. There was almost a head-on. One car in front of us. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so uh, getting back to this evolutionary... Oh, here it is. So the mystery remains. What makes us like Some kinds of scares so much that we seek them out and spend money to experience them. And maybe we can answer that question by asking a related one. Why do young animals, virtually every young animal, including children, often choose to engage in violent play, such as play fighting? Now, of course, our progressive friends tell their children, stop that. Stop playing like that. That's violence. Uh, Evolutionary theorists have an answer. Fighting is a valuable skill. The more you do it, the better you get. But real fights can get you killed or maimed, so natural selection has come up with a trick. Find a trusted partner and enact the motions of combat, honing one's skills in a situation with no real risk.
2: Wow, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Sometimes something um, is fairly obvious, but you need it spelled out to really click into your head. But that makes sense.
2: Particularly among males. You don't see it near as much with the females on the playground, but uh, the males regularly wrestling around on the ground in a way that is simulating combat but with an unspoken agreement that we're not going to actually hurt each other
3: yeah if one really wanted to get into the weeds and tempt angering our female audience um <sighs> women the whole mean girls thing could definitely be seen as rehearsing adult level making and testing of coalitions Interesting, since that's so important for women but anyway uh, so, more generally, we're motivated to engage in activities that allow us to practice and prepare for dangerous activities in a safe way. This is the appeal of horror. Stephen King, who sure as hell gets it, put it nicely: "quote We wake up imaginary horrors to help us deal with the real ones. It's the the tough mind's way of coping with terrible problems."
2: That's interesting. So, what is it with people who don't like scary movies and stuff like me? What are we doing? What a great question. And they
3: do actually get into that, the variations between people. Um, They think it's genes are partly involved, maybe lifestyle, maybe have you already dealt with scary, scary things?
2: Mm, That's interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, but getting back to the the basics of it, um, the very best horror is often fantastical and unrealistic, but the main themes are tightly aligned with what scares us the most. Horror involves exaggerated representations of worst-case scenarios, such as being attacked by strangers, getting horrible diseases, or the collapse of society. So
2: what kind of a Halloween includes... Everybody, I'd like to get your attention. Thanks for coming to my party. Did you enjoy the punch? It's got gonorrhea in it. You've all all got gonorrhea. I've been piping
3: bacteria into the room the whole time. Everybody's going to get pneumonia. (laughs) Now, this is where it gets even more interesting. Uh, Engaging with these situations have their benefits. One study found that horror movie fans exhibited greater resilience during the pandemic. Interesting. They're kind of mentally, emotionally used to dealing with the scary. Interventions that mix horror simulations with biofeedback have been found to reduce anxiety in children.
2: I'm but interested they- in the idea, though, that some people may have already dealt with it in various ways younger, so don't need to do it. I'm just thinking about the possibilities of that. Well, and, you know, not to take this and make it so grim that we can't enjoy it, but... In Ukraine or uh, Israel, is any gonna be buddy gonna need to watch horror movies for the next generation at all? I know uh, you're
3: absolutely right. Uh, my son likes to write, and he wrote some uh, very entertaining fiction for a, a literary magazine. He's going to submit, and he asked me to read it for him. And it was funny. Some of it was like, "This is redundant to what's happening for real." Um, but anyway. Uh, But uh, 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 men enjoy haunted houses more than women by a significant uh, amount. Um, But final note, there are also people who fear who feel very little fear, including psychopaths. A study conducted at another giant haunted forest and attraction, Maryland, found that people who said they were unafraid of the zombies, clowns and chainsaw wielding murderers also had a greater history of antisocial behaviors. Wow. Someone on this extreme might find it hard to enjoy horror movies because they're not scary enough.
2: If you've ever scared anyone, girlfriend, kids, parents, anybody, you know that it's, just, it's such a fine line between their reaction is going to be oh my god and they're going to be a jerk and they're going to be <laughs> so mad at you right for right, so for a long, long time and yeah. that and that where that line is on everybody's different so that's one of the the problems as we all know with scaring someone because it's very easy to just have them crying and you know you're a jerk don't ever do that again
3: So, final, final note on uh, the idea of rehearsing emotions so we can deal with them. Hundreds of years before psychologists were studying this sort of thing, the philosopher David Hume described a different sort of pleasurable suffering. He wrote about the unaccountable pleasure of a well-written tragedy and observed that the more spectators feel passions, quote, that are in themselves disagreeable and uneasy, the more they are delighted with the spectacle. It's a mental rehearsal. You know what we don't really have time for is... Canceling Halloween in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion in your kids' schools. Oh, I More on that. that to
2: come. It's, it's interesting that things are scary. I mean, some things could happen in real life, but a bunch of bones aren't going to get up and walk down the street and attack me. I mean, just <laughs> Seems I'm, unlikely. I'm certain of it. I mean, I'm really certain of it. Uh, we'll check in on some of the problems of the world and other stuff coming up.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: White Castle has begun replacing its fry cooks with robots, but there's one White Castle skill a robot will never master, jumping over the counter to choke a customer. (laughs)
2: My favorite comedian in the world, Nate Bargatze, the host, was happy to see him do well. He's a funny, funny dude. This was back in the day. He'd have a sitcom by now, but that's not the way it works anymore. You get Netflix specials and become gazillionaire that way. Um, On more important news, there were a couple of disturbing U.N. votes over the weekend that show you why the whole idea of a world-governing body is ridiculous. And how everybody looks out for their own interests and there is no sort of we just care about people kumbaya thing really on the planet anywhere or ever will be.
3: And honestly, the idea of the U.N. being effective is more terrifying than it being ineffective. True. Because there would have to be global laws, global norms and global enforcement of them.
2: The U.N. General Assembly passed a resolution to protect civilians and uphold humanitarian obligations in Gaza passed 120 to 14, the United States one of the 14 no votes. We were, and Ian Bremmer tweeted out, we were as alone in opposing this resolution as Russia was in opposing the condemnation of the Ukraine invasion. Everybody gets together with their own interests, as they always have. We can get into that more later if you want to. I thought this was interesting over the weekend. One of the leaders of Hamas And if you didn't know this already, the leaders of Hamas are in a five-star hotel in Qatar. Is that where they're hanging out? One of those Mm -hmm. places, UAE someplace. The head of Hamas from a faraway five-star hotel called on Palestinian women and children to sacrifice sacrifice their lives for the revolution. We need the blood of women, children, and elderly of Gaza so as to awaken our revolutionary spirit, he says on the balcony of his hotel room many, many miles away. As the
3: kids say these days,
2: yeah, no. Another thing that was interesting over the weekend, a Palestinian scholar from the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem sent us a message to the Queers for Palestine crowd in the West. A lot of them in the United States at various college campuses. We're here, we're queer, up with Palestine. What What kind of a chant is that? Well, I know. His, his message, this scholar in Jerusalem... Muslim scholar said, the people of Palestine will not allow a single homosexual in our land. Such perversion brings the wrath of Allah. Uh, Okay. Well, that's unfriendly. Yeah. So you're here. You're queer. Well, you'll have to stay here and queer because if you go there, they'll kill you for being gay. Yeah, that's right.
3: That just points out the absurdity of the whole intersectional. You're either a victim or an oppressor. And look, I'm a victim. You're a victim. We're together, right? Uh, No, I would throw you off a building.
2: So to some of the protests around the world in some of our biggest cities in the world where they've had a lot of immigration from Muslim countries, Arab countries, and people uh, protesting in the street pro-Palestinian, or do you want to call it pro-Hamas? Depends on who you ask. Uh, Depends on what issue it is, I guess. Thousands of Syrians were killed in ruthless airstrikes in Syria. Remember that? That went on for however long. Tens of thousands of people slaughtered by Bashar al-Assad. So many women murdered in Iran in the last year as they were trying to protest the whole headscarf stuff. Nobody cared. But some British Islamists and leftists are now enraged that Hamas is being pounded and might be decimated. Palestine is an excuse. This is about supporting violent extremism. I'm reading from a scholar that Tim Sandifer retweeted. Right. You didn't care when all those... Iranian women were being murdered by their own government or Muslims in Syria being murdered by their own government. But all of a sudden, Palestinians dying, that's a horrible thing. Why? Because it's the Jews doing it. You don't like the Jews. That needs to be more understood. I
3: think that's part of it. I also just think the Palestinian issue has become this badge of honor among the progressive uh, set in America. That That is just... It's the cause celeb. It's the common language, the the coin that you show, that shows you're down with the team.
2: Um, How schools are handling Halloween in the new modern progressive area, among other things, on the way.
4: Armstrong and Getty. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Hi.
0: <laughs> Hi. What's wrong, buddy? Someone at work ate my sandwich. But <laughs> well, what did the police say? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Matthew Perry died over the weekend, age fifty-four, found dead in his own hot tub. And if you know the Matthew Perry story at all, from friends, he uh, spent over half his life, he said, in rehabs. Actual time wow. spent. Wow. I'm not a big rehab guy, you know. Teach your own. Try whatever you got to try with your loved one, but uh, not a big rehab fan. But um, he, uh, I've I've known a lot of people. With husbands, kids, parents, whatever, like him, that ended up in the exact same situation dead. It's a terrible situation to be in. You cannot make somebody else get sober or stay sober. You just can't.
3: Which is why the whole quote-unquote homeless problem, which is in large measure a huge drug addiction problem, is... um, Excellent it's such a point. tough one, because you hear people say, well, you got to have services for these people. Drug rehab. Excellent point.
2: Excellent point, getting to rehabs. I guarantee you, Matthew Perry was going to the best rehabs that exist on planet Earth. Having spent $9 million on getting sober, and he at least in theory wanted to get sober. What are you going to do with some guy down there on the street? And I could actually point to one if I wanted to do and look it out the window. Mm -hmm. If he has no interest in getting sober, and you're going to send him to some sort of low-rent rehab something or other, why do you think that's going to work? This is why you can't have
3: colonies of drug addicts in a society. It doesn't work. And I'm a lover of liberty. I understand the excesses of the war on drugs and how, well, there were excesses. Uh, But at the same time, this whole experimentation with we'll just let him be a meth addict for a while or a... Xylozine uh, 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 or ketamine or fentanyl or whatever. And because who do we, uh, what right do we have to put them in jail
2: for having a disease? Well, look at the state we're in. That is a tough one. He should be held up as an example of there are some people you can go to the absolute limit of how much m- money and time you're willing to spend on it and it ain't going to work. That should mm-hmm. be recognized. I don't know what you do about it. Anyway. Um, I suppose we'll get a toxicology report if he if he if he was drunk, passed out in the hot tub and died, would that show up in a toxicology report or not? I don't even know.
3: Yeah, I think his blood alcohol levels or drugs or whatever would show
2: up, sure. They already said no well they said no drug paraphernalia there, but I don't know whatever. Does it make any difference? Um he looked terrible. They kept talking about how great he was doing and they talked to his pickleball coach and everything like that. I saw the pictures of him like hours before leaving the gym. He looked awful. Mm -hmm. He might have been playing pickleball, but for a guy who's 54, he's not 84. He's 54. Because he lived a hard life. Really hard. Uh, One more UN vote that happened over the weekend. I meant to get the audio, but I can tell you about it. The United Nations General Assembly voted on an amendment to condemn the October 7th terrorist attack on Israel by Hamas. You'd think that would be a short putt. Do you condemn... A terrorist organization setting grandmas on fire after they tie them up. No, Slaying children by the hundreds. It failed to get to two-thirds majority, which is what you need for some reason to pass. With 55 countries voting against and 23 countries voting, we abstain. And there were applause when the vote went down there on the UN floor. Applause for the fact that they could not they did not condemn the Hamas attacks. That's all you need to know about the U.N. and the idea of a world government. And And uh, the United States is the bad country in the world. Everything would be fine if you just didn't have our evil imperialism. What a load of crap. Or we should let the U.N. take hold of the whole
3: climate change agenda. Right. and Pass rules right. and regulations right. that all countries must follow.
2: Or that you should Please. listen to what that, what's it, Guterres, the president of the U.N., when he says various things about Israel. Who cares what he thinks? Your organization can't condemn the Hamas attacks. You could condemn them and still say Israel has no right to bomb Palestine or something like that, but you wouldn't even go that far. You could not condemn what Hamas did. So whatever you have to say, who freaking cares what Gutierrez says? And it's quoted all the time in the media like, well, God just spoke. God just spoke. Um, And this is what he says. The most important sure. person on Earth just said, Israel shouldn't do that. They can't condemn what Hamas did on October 7th. Who cares what they think? I'm reminded
3: of the American university system. Started out with wonderful intentions, built something pretty damn good for a while, or at least good at some stuff, but now is a net negative on Earth. The UN, I'm told, is pretty good at distributing charity. They're reasonably
2: effective about global charity. If they don't but other than that, people. why do they, what? Well, right. Why do they exist? What um, are they doing? What is the applause? Wait, we should get the audio. I can send it to you, Hanson, because it's worth hearing. What are the applause? Is that just kicking the United States and Europe in the eye? Is that their allies, what it is? Yeah. just, yeah, we stuck it to the man? Because that's got to be it, right? I think so, yeah. You got anybody in the orbit
3: of China. You got anybody in the orbit of Russia. Um, anybody in the orbit of Tehran, although that's kind of the same people. Um Anything that upsets the u s led global order in favor of those other poles of power is something they really
2: really get happy about and they don't want and
3: Israel's to... absolutely part of the u s led order
2: and they're not trying to upset the u s world order because they're going to make it somehow nicer and friendlier and less deadly they want to they want it to be a a wild west where you can do whatever the hell you want and there's no there's no uh, a parent out there that's going to scold you for it. That's what they want. Yeah, yeah, to a large extent.
3: And or China told them to. And China gives them money and, and arms and power.
2: China and Russia would love it if you could inv- invade neighbors and nobody's going to say anything about it. That's what they mm-hmm. want. Sure. God, that's and then horrifying. you got your
3: various African countries where the Wagner Group or other similar Russian goons provide the security for the goon involved. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the goon who's uh, running the place. And so their loyalties lay there as well. Yeah, it's all incredibly evil and self-serving. And to pretend otherwise, there's no point in it. I mean, if if you need the delusion to get through the day that the UN is uh, some coming together of humanity and and a force for good, it's
2: just silly. I'm looking at this video. This is from Tulane University, wherever that is, somewhere in the south. Is that right? Yeah, Louisiana, right? Um, in And uh, it's one of your pro- palestinian protests and here's a couple of college students in the back of a truck one's got the his entire face covered in one of those keffiyeh scarves like he's a militant of some sort brave scary terrorist yeah and they have uh and they're setting an israeli flag on fire now i'm supposed to believe that that's just you don't want innocence to die that's what i'm supposed to believe come on
3: no you're cultists you're indoctrinated
2: that's horrifying, horrifying.
3: One of the badges of of belonging, as I was saying before, of being progressive, woke, intersectional, uh, anti-colonialist, is you've got to shout as loud as anybody else, uh, up with Palestine, down with Zionism.
2: Maybe we can get to this later. I uh, captured this over the weekend. Are you thriving, surviving, struggling, or in crisis? And I've got the uh, the numbers for most people are in the country now, and we're moving further away from thriving and surviving to struggling in crisis at all ages in America. But they've got the criteria for each of those categories. That'd be an interesting conversation for later. Yeah, it changes moment to moment in my
3: case. Uh, So speaking of striving and surviving and that sort of thing, Upside. The Upside app might help you thrive a bit more economically speaking and save money. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out.
2: So to get started, you just download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Armstrong and you'll get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. You'll notice some savings right there. Right away, next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business. It'll be obvious on the app. Pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. Upside users are earning more than a million bucks every week. They have a
3: 4.8-star rating on the App Store, so people who get it are loving it. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code Armstrong. You get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Once again, that's the Upside app, and the promo code you need is Armstrong. Start saving money.
2: So thriving, surviving, struggling, or in crisis, where do you think you hang out most of the time? I think I'm probably between surviving and struggling, actually, in my current lifestyle. Hit me with those again. This is from uh, from best to worst, really. Thriving. And I can give you the, the criteria for each of these if you'd like. But. That would be helpful, yeah. Do you want to take a break and come back with that? Uh, we could. Are you thriving, surviving, struggling, or in crisis? And... Um, America, particularly our young people, are moving down the ladder, unfortunately, mm. over the years, mm. as this is a sort of thing they've been keeping track of for a long time. Which is not shocking, I don't think, to anybody. No, no. Things seem to be trending in a bit of a troubling direction. Yes. Yeah, I'd say. I know a bunch of other stuff on the way. Stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
3: the armstrong and getty show draft amendment a stroke es 10 l
2: 26 is not adopted That's pretty solid applause right there. That should be played in high school and college classes so people understand the U.N. That applause is for the fact that a resolution condemning the Hamas attacks failed. You couldn't even get two-thirds of the countries in the U.N. to say what Hamas did in Israel is bad. Sure. And when it failed, well, you heard the applause. And I'm supposed to give a damn what the U.N. thinks about anything or take their judgment as, oh, the U.N. doesn't like that.
3: And you could have made it infinitely clear. We sympathize with the Palestinian plight, two-state solution, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But no, they just voted down
2: completely. No, it's merely a, does this make the United States stronger or weaker? Right. Makes them weaker. Yep. Yep. That is uh, that's some ugly reality right there. I mean, it's not surprising to me, but I think it, it ought to be surprising or uh, on the radar of a lot of people.
3: I remember some of the Pew polling in the wake of 9-11 that came out. Uh, the vast, vast majority of people in the Muslim world would like the Jews to go away off the face of the earth. So you have that in the vote. Then add to that anti-U.S. sentiment, loyalty to China, Russia, and anything that's bad for the U.S. is good for them in their perception. So, yeah, you get those factors combined, and you get the applause you just heard.
2: So we got on, I don't even know how I got on this topic. I came across it over the weekend, I guess because the numbers are going the wrong direction, but it's the stress continuum. I guess this is an accepted way among researchers to figure out where you are as an individual in terms of stress, and it is a continuum because we all move up and down the uh, the stress ladder depending on what's going on in our lives, right? And it's not just the the thing that's causing the stress that puts you on the continuum or changes it. It's your uh, a bunch of other things: your attitude about life at the time, your um, uh, support network. You know, maybe you moved to a new town, you got no friends, or your your parents are gone, or something like that. You got no support network versus your you know, pretty solid with the support network. That mm-hmm. so, the, the, so it's some external, some different things. Anyway, so here are your uh, different options. The best thing is to be thriving. I got this, is how they describe thriving. You're calm and steady with minor mood fluctuations, able to take things in stride, consistent performance, able to focus, able to communicate, normal sleep patterns and appetite.
3: I'm mostly there, honestly. My body sucks right now. Uh, my back and stuff like that, but uh, I'm dealing with it.
2: There you go. It's a look at you thriving.
3: Well, yeah, but I, hell, I've lived enough to know. L- l- let me see how things go. I'll get back to you in an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Surviving fate has a funny fight. Fate has a funny way of saying, yeah, he's thrived long enough.
2: It drops off quickly. Surviving is the next stage. Something isn't right. I think that's where I live most of the time in this, this area uh, between surviving and struggling. Surviving. Something isn't right. Nervousness, sadness, increased mood fluctuations, inconsistent performance, more easily overwhelmed or irritated, increased need for control and difficult adjusting to changes, trouble sleeping or eating, activities and relationships you used to enjoy seem less interesting or even stressful, muscle tension, low energy headaches. Muscle tension, low energy headaches. Do I know anybody who doesn't have those? Yeah, wow. Um, Struggling. Now we're getting down into uh, dark orange is the color of this one. I Can't Keep Mm, This Up is struggling.
3: A sobering color.
2: I Can't Keep This Up. Persistent fear, panic, anxiety, anger, pervasive sadness, hopelessness. I hope you don't, man. If you have pervasive sadness and hopelessness, I feel bad for you. Yeah. Um, Exhaustion. Avoiding interaction with coworkers, fatigue, aches, and pains. Restless, disturbed sleep. Self-medicating with substances, food, and other numbing activities. Now, again, on that bottom one, do I know anybody who's not doing that? At least somewhat? Self-medicating with substances, food, or other numbing activities like, you know, whatever. Shopping. Oh, man, this is making me sad. It's making me think of some people who I know are in that situation. And, oh, I wish I could do more for them. Well, hopefully they're not in crisis. I can't survive this is the bottom level on the social continuum. And, yeah, maybe the way to look at this is people you know rather than yourself. Disabling distress and loss of function. Panic attacks. Nightmares or flashbacks? Oh, my God. I've never had that in my life. Uh, Unable to fall or stay asleep? Intrusive thoughts. Easily enraged or aggressive? Eh, I can get easily enraged. Um, Feeling numb, lost, or out of control? Withdrawal from relationships, dependence on substances, food, and other numbing activities to cope? That is your stress continuum. Thriving, it, it seems to me like it's like really thriving's way up there, and then you drop off a cliff to the other three. Yeah, boy, if you're thriving, enjoy it. Yeah, at any point, well, that is a, you know, a little gratitude. At any point during the day, the week, the month, or the year that things are going well, it is worth recognizing. Hey, things are going really well right now. I should, I should enjoy this. Pride goeth before the continued success. Uh, but the point is. Oh, this,
3: wait, no, that's not right.
2: <laughs> the point of this article I was reading is that it. Uh, this is a, um, uh, a common university thing that they do with people, and way more kids are sliding down from thriving and surviving into struggling and in crisis for whatever reason. Hmm. Wow,
3: that's a great conversation to have. Why is it? The world is quite challenging in some ways. On the other hand, has been well established by Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt and, and all sorts of other people. We have not taught our kids the coping mechanisms that get you through the challenges of adult life. We haven't given them the freedom to experiment, screw up, get lost, find their way back, that sort of thing, through safetyism. That that may be more poisonous than any environmental ill we've unleashed uh, in the past 50 years as a society.
2: So I'm looking up at the television. They got some Halloween B-roll going on for a story. The whole pet skeleton thing that has become a craze over recent years. Dog skeletons, cat skeletons.
3: Oh, it's decorations, you mean? Yeah, in the kind yard.
2: Of, yeah. Yeah. We like it. We like it. We're okay. Yeah. Seems a little weird to me. Yeah, I like the whole
3: Mexican Day of the Dead thing, where you think about your ancestors, maybe you leave out gifts for them and that sort of thing, and and contemplate how much you love them. I think that's wonderful. Muy bueno. I don't think that the dance and bones are really necessary, but who am I to judge another person's culture?
2: I should be listening to the audio of this. So this is a local newscast. How to stay safe during Halloween. I'd like to know what they're talking about.
3: Same <gasps> who, way you freaking stayed safe
2: yesterday. <laughs> who, who isn't staying safe during Halloween? This has been a made-up thing my whole life. What are the dangers of Halloween? The
3: razor blades and the apples. Razor
2: blades in the apples. Skeleton chasing you down the street. Child abductors grabbing kids in costumes at the door. Couple happen in my neighborhood every year. I mean, what? The, who's, who's having these problems? And even the, you know, kids in masks can't see and get run over. I've never known one. I mean, so it's not. It's not rampant. It's not like the most dangerous day of the year or anything. Somewhere there is the University of
3: Clickbait where they understand these things down to the tenth of a tenth of a percentage point, they'll tell you, oh, no, no, safety on Halloween has been a reliable click for uh, the entire history of the Internet and or newscasts or newspapers. It just defies uh, reality, but we don't care. It's a performer, so we keep trotting it out
2: there. I think you're right about that. If you missed a segment of the show, you should subscribe to our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
3: Armstrong and Getty.